Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. I'm McAfee, producer and editor of this podcast. I'm Jay Brown, a virtual reality YouTuber. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who moonlights with VR, and who is really more of a dog person. <laughs> I'm Destiny Wheeler, entrepreneur and VR enthusiast. So to be clear, more of a dog person over over cats? Yeah, well, I mean, given that I'm allergic to cats, it's a pretty easy decision. <laughs> right. See, I'm I'm allergic to cats, but I still love them. I, I am more of a dog person, but I still love them. I'm very half and half. Yeah. I think I think when I finally get an, uh, a pet, it will be a dog. Oh. So we are all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we were really together in one room. So check out the YouTube channel if you want to see us in our lovely virtual reality faces. We run the podcast in three sections. Um, first, a VR gaming and news section. Second, we'll talk about our experiences with some of the recent VR games to come out. Though there weren't a whole lot this week, so I think we're just going to be covering some stuff that's already been out, but... Uh, whatever <laughs> for third we'll be running a discussion that changes week to week this week we'll be talking about how vr yeah vr games sort of tackle game literacy and if you don't know what that means we'll we'll get into that in the third section of our podcast and last week we talked about vr safety how to stay safe while playing your virtual reality games go ahead and check out last week's episode to hear all about it All right, so up first, we're going to have the Q&A section. We have several questions uh, from our Discord community. If you have anything that you'd like to ask us, please feel free to join us on Discord, and um, we'll see what we can do. Our first question is from Discord user Maddies, who asks us, how do you do camera tracking with games in VR? Which might be a bit of a confusing question. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so I, I had to like sort of clarify with him. So what he's really what he's really asking is like how how do these headsets work? How do they track? Um, so uh, we'll keep this brief. There's first off, each headset does it differently. Actually, it's pretty different technology, especially inside out tracking versus lighthouse tracking. So with inside out tracking, like the Rift S or the Quest, it's kind of like self-evident you got cameras they look at the world and when you've got two cameras you can get just like eyes two cameras means you can get a sense of depth so they can tell how far they are um, from what they're seeing and then they use basically contrast within the world for anywhere from white to black because it looks at the world in black and white and it can choose points within the world that it looks for when it's trying to figure out where you are and then last but not least, it has IR sensors that look... That, so basically, you've got, like, infrared lights all over your uh, your controllers. You just can't see them because our eyes don't see infrared. And <laughs> However, our headsets do. They see infrared, so they can tell where the controllers are based off of that. If you're curious and you want to see infrared lights, get your phone out, put the camera on, and look at the controllers or look at an old Oculus Rift headset while it's on. You'll actually be able to see them through the camera, so that's kind of neat. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to and try then, that right after right? this. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> it's pretty cool. 
so and then there's lighthouse tracking which is what like the index uses and the vive uses where you've got these like camera looking boxes um and you place them around your room and those use lasers they're just constantly shooting lasers it's really complex technology and i do not have the time to explain it there's plenty of youtube videos out there if you want to learn more about it but basically it's just shooting lasers out reading where the headset is at all times and it refresh it shoots those lasers out at 30 times a second and that's how it does it but it's a little bit more complicated yeah and both headsets use um basically uh ai to determine because even the oculus it's only reading at about 30 times a second but in order for it to be as smooth as it is it actually guesses where your hands are going to be each millisecond so it so that when i move my hand and in order for it to look like a smooth motion it's actually guessing where my hand's going to be based off like it's acceleration of the last time it read it super interesting stuff (laughs) very cool all right well um so up next for adam we have a question for you from Natbrat. She asks, oh, what is the hardest thing about developing games in VR? Oh, 100% interaction. It, for, for example, if you take a flat game, you have a full mouse and keyboard or a controller. Um, it's pretty easy. You have a set no- amount of buttons, and you know that when you hit a button, it'll do an interaction in the game world. With VR, it becomes a little bit trickier. So if you go and you pick up something, you actually have to track where your hand is in the virtual world and then maybe a button press or something like that and then follow the smooth, continuous motion for interaction. And it's something that unless you get really, really right, it feels absolutely awful. (laughs) So interaction with just the game world in general is by far the hardest part about developing games for VR versus a flat game. I guess that makes sense, but I didn't realize how important it was. Because you'd think, you know, just you'd think it'd just be like grab object. It now comes with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's something that is it's easy. I mean, there's a lot of examples of VR games that do that really, really well. Um, But especially when I was first learning how to develop it, it was terrible. (laughs) And when you're practicing it out, you get really excited. Like, oh, hey, look, I learning how to program in VR, let's try this out a little bit. And you try it out and you just get super motion sick and really, really frustrated because you you don't realize how important that interaction is. Being able just Mm -hmm. to reach out, pick something up, especially things that you feel like you should be able to pick up. It's really frustrating. (laughs) And so interaction, far and away, most important thing about developing games for VR. And now you know, ladies and gents, you heard it first here <laughs> on the Full Day of Gaming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that out of the way, introductions, Q&A, we are now into the news section. But first, as always, our sponsor. This week's sponsor is, well, nobody. We actually don't have any sponsors. But if you would like to be a sponsor, please reach out. Rip McAfee at fulldivepodcast.com. It's in the show notes. It's in everywhere there's a description check it out reach out and you can be a sponsor for this podcast all right now for the news so (laughs) htc's former ceo 
is developing a new 5G headset. We'll grab this information from The Verge if you want to check it out for yourself. Basically, XR Space, it's a company that is led by the former HTC head, Peter Chow, plans to launch a new virtual reality headset later this year. It's dubbed the MOVA, M-O-V-A, terrible name in my opinion, but anyways. It's supposed to ship <laughs> in the third quarter of 2020 for $599, basically $600. Its selling points are 5G support, a hand tracking interface and an expansive virtual world called Minova. So basically a whole nother VR ecosystem. It's a fully self-contained headset that's powered by a Snapdragon 845 processor. So for those of you out there to kind of relate, this is, this is a lot like an Oculus Quest. It's got a slightly faster processor. It looks like it only has two cameras on the front, but the really weird thing about this, it does not have controllers at all. This thing is going to fully rely on hand tracking. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Destiny, you're the one here who uses the Quest the most. How does this information hit you when you hear it? Um, well, especially that last piece, like, I would love to see how that's going to work out. I can't imagine any system right now completely relying on hand tracking. I know, um, I mean, the hand tracking with the Quest, at least, has made quite a bit of improvement since the first day it came out. But it's still so, so buggy. Like, or to at least to not be able to have the option to use controllers, like that's, that's pretty far-fetched. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And I believe we talked about this a little last week, but the idea of no controller movement, especially, or no controller anything, especially yeah. for games is just kind of, I don't know if it's practical right now. They better have some really good ideas on how you interact with the game world if you're not using controllers for anything. Exactly. Um, even just moving around, you know, what are you going to do? Are you just going to like grab the air and move yourself right. forward? Or, I mean, as, uh, there's just so many buttons and controls and different inputs that you can do right now that feels like would be really hard with no controllers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you even have some games, uh, the developers have already said that they won't do hand tracking. Like, I believe Pavlov is one of them. I think it's always going to involve a controller. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. And also the price, six hundred dollars. Uh, that's uh, that's that's steep for something that doesn't have controllers. It is yeah. only hand tracking. And it's the five G support is part of that. And the Snapdragon yeah. slightly more expensive is pushing that up too. But yeah, I'm with you. That's that's a lot for a standalone headset right now. Right. Yeah, I would uh, it, personally, if this was out right now, and even if it like had flawless hand tracking, I think I'd pick up an Oculus Quest over this. It's it's cheaper. You get controllers. It's got better support. I don't know. I I, I hope yeah. they have success, I suppose. You know, success in the VR industry is important right now, but I can't say I'm interested. I actually have some hopes for this. The important thing is that it's 5G. And what I think they're going with it is that with the 5G, theoretically, you might be able to have PC-based VR games without any sort of cables in a standalone unit. And that might be really interesting, sort of like how Google has their gaming streaming service where you can run any game on just an absolute potato of a machine. This mm -hmm. They might be trying to move towards something like that, where you can stream really high-quality, high-fidelity games um, in a standalone headset just by streaming it. So, yeah, if they're going to go that route, yay or nay, I'm not sure, but 
it could be an interesting way to move forward the VR ecosystem. Mm -hmm. That's true. Streaming, streaming would be good. I worry we've got a long way for that to work because I mean, yes. even Stadia, <laughs> you know, Stadia isn't trying to, you know, render a, a, a VR headset. And it still is like one of its biggest flaws is it's got input delay and latency. While that's like maybe acceptable in a game like Assassin's Creed, that's a total like no go for VR. Like th these controllers, they have to be responsive immediately. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we're a little far away for that technology, but yeah, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to be a naysayer. So if they can prove me wrong by all means <laughs> exactly just yeah prove us wrong <laughs> yes i'm not going to say it's not it. impossible all right i'm not going to say it is impossible but yeah all right news piece number two adam take us away sure thing uh so we have the highly anticipated game tower tag is launching tomorrow on steam and other platforms and I believe it's one of the more anticipated VR games for 2020. Tower Tag is releasing this week on Steam and expected to compete with similar games like Echo VR. Tower Tag is pretty easy to pick up, and it's a laser tag-like gaming experience that previously uh, has found a much-loved home in VR arcades. Now, so, this is an interesting game. I did watch a couple of trailers, and it has okay. some really interesting ideas. It has very simple controls that anyone should be able to pick up. Um, and a lot of people have very strong feelings about this. <laughs> the, a lot of people have been introduced to this at VR arcades and yeah. have liked it. What do you mean by like strong opinions? Uh, oh, for a lot of people, I feel at VR arcades, it's a lot of people's first exposure to some of the awesome parts of VR. It has a lot of cool ideas. Um, one button movement. Uh, it introduces some interesting the the what's the word I'm looking for? The looks of it, the overall feel of it, it feels really really cool. And being inside that environment in a VR headset feels really awesome. Mm -hmm. For the listeners and myself included who actually haven't heard of this, what is it? You say it's like Echo VR, but what what's the premise? What's the game? Imagine laser tag. So it's basically laser tag. <laughs> the yeah. premise of the game is that you're in a arena um, and there's all these sorts of little islands with towers on them. And so you move around from island to island with a sort of grappling hook. And so you reach out and you fire your grappling hook towards it. You move over to the point and you capture that point. Uh, then you use your room scale tracking so this works really well with large play spaces, which is why it worked really well in VR arcades. Take pot shots at other people that are trying to capture your tower and then move on to the next tower. Mm -hmm. With the an aesthetic that's very Echo VR styled. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. The description sounds like 2016 VR to me. So that's, I mean, it sounds like fancy hidden teleportation. That's basically your grappling hook. And, <laughs> and so, so I'm, I'm curious if, if the anticipation is going to hold up here because it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as something even hearing about it. I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm excited now. Like, I don't know. This sounds like something a few years back might've been a little more groundbreaking. So I've got to check mm -hmm. out a trailer and see what this is all about, but I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical already. I, yeah, it's it's not like it's got a ton of ideas that are particularly like, oh yeah, I I want to play this. 
it's mostly people are excited about it mostly sort of in a word of uh word of mouth way it's pretty popular and well known in, in like sort of the arcade world and it's apparently really polished it's uh, it won a ton of awards it's got like a list of them on a list of them on its steam profile so it's that was kind of like my little addition of saying it's probably going to compete with the likes of echo vr because it seems to have a very similar style of like this isn't pavlov it isn't onward it's not a like military shooter it's 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 an arena shooter um and therefore it's going for more of a casual audience and you know vr by itself is already a pretty small marketplace even with all the successes we've had recently so I imagine this is going to be competing for that sort of well-made multiplayer arcade sort of game that a lot of, you know, like, uh, 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 what's that Oculus game that just came out recently? Iron Lights, I think, also tried to tackle it. Um, I, I'm forgetting them. But it's it's definitely going for that casual audience. And the casual audience is like, you know, they, they play a select few games. They play Rec Room. They play Echo uh, Arena and maybe a couple others we're we're just expecting it to do well once it's on an online platform that's that's kind of what we're hoping or expecting if not hoping <laughs> i think it's not going to do all that well and i think that it's it is a very arcade feel and it'll and it that's the type of game that feels like an event game you get together with your friends you go to a vr arcade and you can have a lot of fun with this arcade shooter um I don't think it'll translate well to the home environment. It just, like yeah. you mentioned before, it just doesn't have a whole lot of unique gameplay or good ideas or features. And I think that when people are comparing this to, say, other games like Pavlov or Onward or other types of shooters, it just won't hold up. Um, it's like going to an actual arcade, like a nickel mm -hmm. arcade. You play all sorts of weird games at arcades that you would never buy for on Steam or anything. <laughs> there, there's just sure. something about going to an arcade and you can play different types of games. And mm -hmm. I don't think, though, that people will buy this type of game for their home consoles. I don't think it's going to do all that well. Yeah. And something we've Definitely, seen what time and again... Uh, is that home doesn't really work for room scale. So that's why I was going to ask, Destiny, you've got the Quest. You've got complete wireless mobility. If this was something that came to Quest, do you think you would have a space even to accommodate this and actually enjoy a game where you had to be able to run around and take shots? Even then, it would still be pretty limited. Um, I, I definitely agree with what Adam's saying, where I think it seems like it's more of an arena-based game and... Because, you know, not every single Oculus Quest owner or, you know, VR owner in general is going to have that amount of space to be able to dedicate to something that large. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to move us on to the next news piece. We're talking about Five Nights at Freddy's on hey. the Quest. I know a lot of yeah. people are excited about this one. I'm super excited about it. So yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's VR coming soon to Oculus Quest. So Five Nights at Freddy's VR Help Wanted is the VR adaptation of the immensely popular horror game it is getting um, an Oculus Quest version. Although we hoped it would 
arrived sometime last year when the studio first said it was coming to Oculus Quest soon. Still, Wool Studios have announced the Quest port is now only one bug fix away from being done. So let's hope that is soon. Well, I will tell so, you from experience that one bug fix away. <laughs> <laughs> Could be months. You never know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know there was, that's not even the only one. There is a whole list of games that were supposed to have came out either last year or at the beginning of this year that have still kind of, you know, been delayed, but it'll mm -hmm. be worth it for sure. Uh, so, are, are, is that, uh, Jay, are you excited? Uh, well, I mean, I already have it on PSVR, so it coming to Quest. Uh, I'm excited for Quest owners, but I actually got this one last uh, Halloween, planning to play this during that month of scary games I was doing, and I had just I I was so shell shocked by the time I even made it to this game that I didn't play it. Uh, <laughs> I think if it looks just as good, I think it's going to be big because I think talking to the audience out there a lot of people who want quests are actually also the younger people right now they're the people who had a psvr or were saving for a psvr and now they want the quest because it's totally wireless well a lot of young people love five nights at phrase so i think they're going to be extremely excited for this to come out no matter when it does why or how i think it's big for the vr industry and i hope that they finally get this right because we need more big games that get people wanting to come in and try it you know five nights at freddy's was terrifying on computer i can't even imagine how bad it's going to be in vr so i'm scared uh but i'm excited too exactly mm -hmm. um well, not only like what you're saying like with the bigger games coming to like quest and vr but also just more scary games in general there's not a whole lot right now so yeah i'm pretty stoked about that mm-hmm have you really played Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> no, I haven't. It'll be a first for me. So that's oh, okay. why I'm like, you I don't like even. scary games? Yes, like in general. And so um, honestly, I think on the VR side of things, I've only tried one scary game. So I have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> can you handle them? Are one. they, are I they can. intense for yeah. you? No, like that's. That's scary movies, like period, are my thing. And really? So, yes. <laughs> I'm somehow not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, I don't know. I'm really, really, really excited about this one. I think out of all the games that I found out that are coming. Mm -hmm. See, I am the complete opposite. I do not do scary games at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's there seems so, to be this weird this weird split between people like that's why i'm curious there are people that love horror movies and horror games and never get scared at them there are people that mm -hmm. love them and get terrified by them and then there are people who get terrified just don't ever want to play them <laughs> so that's what i was curious destiny where do you land in that do you actually get scared or do you just laugh at it oh no yeah i don't get scared at all like i love especially the classic horror movies and stuff and so I don't know. I just kind of like that cheesy, um, the whole like suspense, suspense pool side of things. I don't really get amped up like some people do. So uh -huh. it takes a lot to scare me. We'll see if it's got what it takes. Have you have you played Half-Life Alex yet? No, I haven't. Is that one? Pretty... I know it's good, but I mean, like <laughs> on the scary spectrum of things. Uh huh. I mean, I think you gotta I think you got to play it now. I want to. I want to hear because it's not. You know, Half Life Alex isn't a like typical horror game. You know, there's. What would you consider? Is it more like game? a thriller? I mean, like I, I, there's there's one particular section that we're all referring to. I imagine when we're talking about Half Life Alex, right? 
But would you consider that a horror game? Because I loved every minute of Half-Life Alex, and especially that section I thought was the highlight of the entire game. Yeah. So for me, actually, while it was a really cool section, that part didn't scare me as much as I, especially like a lot of people had kind of like hinted, oh, there's this really scary section. Here's the name of it. I'm not going to say that here on the podcast, but I was like, I hopped into it. And honestly, I found far more like fear and trepidation in the earlier sections when you're like first going like into the quarantine zone they're like this is where you gotta go i'm like i don't want to <laughs> go down here why are we going this way i like i would go around this entire wall to avoid this <laughs> hmm, interesting i would call yeah. it like alex a tense game not a scary game it okay. keeps you on your toes and it keeps you nervous that something's coming but i wouldn't say it was ever anything like dread halls or something that just has you right. scared it just it just has that suspense cool hmm. Yeah, I don't usually like scare, like horror games or horror movies, but playing Half Life Alex, that intensity—I don't know. I might be. I'm. I think I'm more willing to try horror games in VR than I've ever been. So maybe once you've played some more, you'll have some recommendations for the rest of us, Destiny. Yeah, the only one that um, I've played so far, and this is kind of like off topic, but it's the one that I can only play through Steam with the link, but it's Desoladium. I could be butchering the name, but uh, it's it's pretty awesome too. Um, it's something that mm. they're still making, so it's not completely polished and done yet. But like I said, other than that, I haven't really got to play around with any scary games. So yeah, any recommendations at this point i'm willing to try that'll be my next ones that and half-life yeah hey, uh, dread and, uh, halls before the next dread halls. and tell us if yeah. that dread halls tell us if that scares you if that doesn't you might be immune but most people that's a <laughs> that's a very tense game and it's it's no spoilers here but it's like outlast in the way that you you're kind of just doing what you can to survive which i think is worse give me resident evil give me a gun i don't feel that scared i feel empowered with a gun in my hand uh give me a game where i don't have any power to fight and it's it's much worse to me right <laughs> all right i'm gonna move us on to the next games or not game section next news piece here this one's from jay go ahead and start us like going so for all of you out there who have never heard of pico neo pico neo number two <laughs> and its eye tracking oh, man. are now available worldwide. So these are virtual reality headsets, uh, but the base model is $700, while this new one with eye tracking powered by Toby is going to be $900. Now, unlike other VR headsets, this one has controllers that are actually tracked through electromagnetic technology, which is really crazy. So basically, it's not using cameras, it's not using sensors. You can move this between your body and the headset, and it's still going to be able to track it because it's using electromagnetics the mm -hmm. neo 2 headsets are going to run on snapdragon 845s again they're going to have X sd expansion slots and they're supposed to be able to stream content from a vr ready pc over a wireless 5g link and a 5g router you're starting to see a theme here 5g is the future <laughs> the company claims it's got 4k visuals and 101 degree field of view and these headsets are primarily pitched towards businesses but may also offer an intriguing alternative to some folks looking to step outside of the facebook ecosystem for VR hardware. So these are basically two new standalone headsets, one which comes with eye tracking, basically another potential quest killer as we're seeing the market go. So what do you guys think? Does that news excite anybody here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push back on that a little bit. 
the i mean there's some cool ideas there's a lot of buzzwords thrown around like oh electromagnetic controller tracking um it'll track the object even if it's behind your body how often are you actually like putting your hand behind your body you know like i don't even have the dexterity really to do that and so like <laughs> there's a lot of cool ideas but practically is it really going to change a whole lot like that's kind of what i'm asking I mostly care about the eye tracking, to be honest. That that that, that is interesting. Gets me excited. I don't, you know, I I have a Rift S, and very rarely do I have issues with tracking, um, when when like my hands are behind me or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It does happen. It does happen, but it's I could like count the amount of times on one hand, and I've been playing on my Rift S for a while now. <laughs> it's also kind of expensive. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's, for this price tag. It's like pricey. It's competing against the index, not, I, not that's Facebook. That's what I was thinking. That's yeah, near that, the quest that's quite, Yeah, competing against the index is quite fierce competition. But it does say that you can stream it via wireless 5G link with a 5G router. So, which is neat. Which is, is neat. Good. But the main problem with that sort of thing isn't typically the data; it's the battery. And if you mm. add batteries, then it gets heavy. And if it's heavy, it's uncomfortable. And so, right. it, and so they better have. It's going to be a beefy headset, 101 degree field of view, 4K, with maybe wireless. And if they go for wireless, this is going to be a huge headset. This might be in the realm of business only models. Right, and that's that's what they said. And I. I, I kind of like see why they're doing this. So I got to see the one of like the original Pico headsets at E3. I don't know in 2015 or 16, maybe, maybe a bit later. I forget. And so I saw it then and I was pretty hesitant about what they were making then as well. They, they were all, they were still going for standalone headsets back then, but it was weaker than the quest. It had these tiny little controllers that look like TV remotes more than anything else. And their their new headsets are like not much better looking, to be honest. And I was like, what market are you going for? Your games aren't good <laughs> enough to compete against the PC games, nor are they good enough to c compete against PlayStation VR games. And like they're the people that would buy into VR aren't going to spend. And it, that headset was like $200, $300. And I'm like, people don't want to spend $200, $300 for like games that aren't even as good of a game as you can get on your phone like in terms of like fun and content and experience and uh, like now i guess i guess they finally learned their lesson like yeah that you're not going to compete in the gaming market like that so now they're going for more business <laughs> <laughs> last resort apparently yeah uh, what, what do you think are you trading in your quest destiny you're gonna get no. this no, I'll she's too busy you. playing with a. Yes, with <laughs> sorry, I'm having a. <laughs> Have we lost her? I, I see some mouth movement, but I don't hear anything. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, that was my bad. I had it on uh, mute. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think exactly with what Adam was saying with it being a beefy headset. But when I hear that, I think weight, and I can't imagine it being any lighter than the Quest. I'm sure it's going to be heavier, and the Quest is already heavy enough, so um, unless they can mm -hmm. prove me otherwise, I think I'll be sticking with the Quest. <laughs> well, if you saw pictures, it does, it looks like a Rift S more than anything else. Really? And, yeah, so it does look pretty balanced. Like, if you looked at it, it didn't 
look that big like compared to like the the pimax pyramix whatever it's called <laughs> yeah it actually is way slimmer than that um whether it's okay. you know got more density maybe but it doesn't look bulky i will give him credit for that if you look at a picture of this thing it looks like a little bit more streamlined know, like yeah it looks like a fairly streamlined headset you know it's got plastic bands and like something on the back it, it literally looks like a rift s where it's got like the same dial on the back to like tighten it for the everything. fit yeah, so I wouldn't, you know, in terms of the the only thing I worried about was the controllers, but the controllers just look like uh, they look like uh, PlayStation Move controllers, but with it actually with a joystick. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so maybe that'd be good. I, I, I for one, am always, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I, I like the Index and Rift controllers, where it feels more like a, a um, I don't know like a grip than than a stick yeah. if that makes any sense all right moving on last piece i'll present this one so speaking of new headsets we got a big announcement but it's not coming out oh come on hands it's not out yet it's gonna be out tomorrow this podcast is recorded on wednesday it's getting published friday and of course this big announcement is happening thursday <laughs> so we don't know exactly what the details are so we're going to be speaking mostly like what we suspect it'll be and then what we think of that so everyone thinks that this big announcement again hp and microsoft they're having a press conference we think it'll be rumors or not rumors they're not they're not publishing rumors <laughs> we think it'll be details on the hp reverb 2 um so it's it's sort of oculus not oculus hp's new headset it's going to be tackling this will probably be more tackling the the facebook um headset or the oculus headsets in terms of price range and features so have you guys seen a lot of details about this headset i've seen the renders and i saw the original teaser announcement has anyone here used a windows mixed reality headset that's an important question no? Okay. Mm -mm. I have owned a couple, and I will tell you, I don't know who designed that thing and what their hands were shaped like, but it was some of the worst ergonomics <laughs> in a headset and in controllers that I've ever played. And that was, I played the HP and even the more comfortable Lenovo Explorer. Now, these things were terrible as far as comfort, and the Reverb G2, as this whole thing is rumored to be called, is supposed to remedy that, yet the big problem with Windows Mixed Reality, it had only two inside-out tracking cameras on the front of it this one has two still on the front and just two more on the sides well the problem was when you had your hands by your belly you were potentially losing tracking when you had your hands down your sides you were losing tracking so they put two more cameras out on the sides not facing down or anything so really i don't think they're fixing the tracking dead zone that much <laughs> so is it gonna have great resolution probably the reverb one had great resolution is it gonna be the game changer that's gonna fix everything no the controllers look almost just like the windows mixed reality controllers, but slightly more ergonomic ergonomic they still have the same light tracking on the top that killed batteries like crazy uh, i think they're hyping this up because hp and uh valve and microsoft all kind of teamed up to make this headset they're hyping this up big but i really think this is gonna fall flat on its face into obscurity it's just gonna be another high-priced headset that doesn't really have a home it'll probably be just as much or close to an index and still not be any better than it they are copying the index speakers sticking over the ears design it looked like in the rendering so they're trying to steal a little bit from everyone and make one good headset but it just doesn't look to me like they're doing anything truly new or innovative so i don't right. know 
Well, there's nothing wrong with creating a headset that does everyone else's, but better. That said, it doesn't necessarily look like it's better yet. So time will tell with this headset. People are going to have to get their hands on it, even with the details they announced. You know, the big things for me are what's the price tag? And then at that price range, how is it going to compare to Facebook's range of um, headsets? And uh, at this point, it's just index for me. I don't care much for Vive at this point. They're kind of falling behind. So, yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 a tough marketplace. The VR world, people are finding people are finding headsets now that are like, all right, these are kind of like the working headsets to get, and that's at this point mostly Oculus and the Steam Index. And you're gonna have to break a sort of if you want to get into the VR headset making business. You have to break through those, um, I don't want to say stigmas, but like the the cultural acceptance of what are the good headsets right now. It, it'd be like, it's not quite there, but it'd be like trying to create a new console to fight like Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation right now. You know, not a lot of, that, 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 those are what people own. And you're, you're competing with a lot, of, a lot of experience with those other companies have. Wait, but hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. So PlayStation, Xbox, and who? <laughs> Nintendo. Nintendo, apparently. I've never yeah. heard that before, but I like it. I'm going to start saying that. What? Nintendo. I, I've always heard oh. Nintendo. I've never heard anyone <laughs> no, say it is, Nintendo. It is Nintendo, and I'm just being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm going to start saying it to mess with people now. Make them think that maybe they are saying it wrong all this time. Yes. <laughs> all right yeah hp come on do something amazing we've got this balance in the market where a thousand buys the great index and 400 buys a really good rift if you want to land in there you either need to do better than the index or cheaper than the rift and and that's going to be a hard sell yeah that's the big thing there's no reason to get a more expensive headset than the rift s unless you are getting the index because the rift s is so it's gotten itself as close as possible to those like quote pro level headsets for the price of basically a video game console it's a no-brainer why would you and and the quest which can do wireless and can i connect to a pc like what are you going for here you're competing against some really good stuff that facebook's pumping out yeah i don't know i don't know we'll see all right <laughs> with that we're gonna move on to the game section so this is sort of the games we've been playing this week there's no new games i don't think on this list firewalls your hour is that is that a new game no that's Jim? uh that's a game that's been out a while but it was free not that long ago oh yes, gotcha features. yeah so not not any new games this week it's been fairly dry i've been checking the steam vr pages in the oculus store and there's some new games but uh, unless it's like got a decent amount of user reviews it's sort of like why would we you know these guys really overprice their games sometimes it'll be like a brand new game it's got no reviews and it's still asking for 20 bucks it's like (laughs) (laughs) we want to play some of those games to give you guys like a sense of you know we we buy them so you don't have to sort of a thing but even then if you're a developer and you've got one of these sorts of games, by all means, reach out to us. We'll play your game. If you've got re- review copies, then, you know, we'll definitely play them. But $20 off the bat when you've got no reviews, I don't know. It's a tough sell. So we've got some games that have already been out. Let's start out. Adam has finally picked up Onward. 
I have. So I've been a Pavlov fan for quite some time now over here with Destiny. I know that you're a big Pavlov fan as well. For sure. Um, but, you know, Rip kept pestering me and pestering me, and I finally decided to take <laughs> the plunge into, into Onward. And yes. I got to say, it is... It is really good. <laughs> it's one of my new favorite games. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Yep. I'm super excited. I'm like super pumped to hear that. <laughs> He's like, is it funnier. better? That's what everyone wants to know. Would you say it's better? <laughs> it is different. <laughs> it is definitely different. Nice, but I got to say, I think... Uh, it is very different, and I don't want to. I don't want to be betray destiny here, and this is right? the main thing I'm going for. This is the line. It is. It, it it scratches a very different itch. I'm not going to say it's better or worse, but after playing Pavlov for so long, it was definitely a big breath of fresh air into the shooting genre that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. What would you describe that fresh of that that breath of fresh air like? Ah, uh, it's. It's more tense than Pavlov. And that's something that I was really missing in Pavlov. Pavlov is can be really light and fun and goofy sometimes, especially with all the custom maps and all the different game modes. Right. I mean, it, you can have some really tight shooting in Pavlov, and you can tell people that when they're good at Pavlov, they are good at Pavlov. But you don't get the same sort of tension that you do in Onward. So for the listeners that don't know, Onward is a very milsim tactical shooter. And I got to say, the feeling of having to communicate with teammates, you're stuck behind a building and you know that there's a couple enemies on the other side of the house and having to try and coordinate with them when you're going to go, when you're trying to throw grenades just to get to the next building down the street is one of the coolest experiences and i haven't felt that in any other game just the level of intensity was mm -hmm. was really refreshing yeah have you ever watched so, any of the live competitions for that game yeah it's not. it's exactly what you're saying it's super intense like watching it and i can feel that mm -hmm. so onward so those of you who are familiar with pavlov it, onwards kind of i mean you know it's still a vr shooter you hold pretend guns and you shoot at other people who have pretend guns and there's subjectives the big thing that differentiates it from a game like pavlov is it's time to kill that's the big thing yes the time to kill and onward is instant <laughs> you <laughs> you can one shot people you can one shot their head you can one shot their body you can wear body armor but then if someone else is running ap rounds they can still one shot you so it's it plays really tight the big thing is you know positioning is important tactics are important everything that matters leads up to shooting at someone typically not the act of shooting at someone you so yes the person who's got better aim it matters especially once you're at longer distances but the the big thing is tactics and communication that's why I like those kinds of games and why, you know, Pavlov for me is like fun, but to me it feels so much more like an arcade shooter. And when I can play a game like Onward where, you know, where my experience playing those types of games and doing those sorts of things goes a long way. My 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 IRL 
I've, I'm not military, but I've, you know, I've shot a lot of guns. I've played a lot of airsoft and my real life skills translate directly into VR in this type of a game where I'm used to coordinating with groups of people like that. I'm used to, you know, there's, there's set tactics you want to know ahead of time that really put you at advantage over the enemies. And oh, it's so satisfying when you pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the big thing. That adrenaline rush of like synced shots and, you know, like good, like flanking tactics of like, you know, bouncing, bounding and covering all those sorts of, uh, just shooting uh coordinated shooting tactics i guess for lack of better words pulling those off is so fun and it takes a game like onward to be able to do that anyway that's why i'm I'm, i will always be an onward supporter (laughs) i agree the the combat in onward is a lot more in depth than it is in pavlov for sure and that's one of the nice things about it is that i sort of felt like there's a point at Pavlov where you meet someone and he is just basically about as good as you can possibly be in Pavlov. And that there, there's sort of a skill ceiling there. And you don't get that in Onward. There's always that feeling, no matter what, that you can always be a little bit better. There's always something that you could have done better. Um, so IRL, I actually enjoy going bowling. I haven't been for a while because of, you know, everything. But but one of the best things about bowling, I feel, is that no one is really ever good at bowling. Everyone is just kind of varying degrees of terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of feel the same way about Onward. Like, of course, there's a couple people that are just like gods among men at Onward. But otherwise, everyone is just kind of varying degrees of terrible. And it's fun to all have fun together in your terribleness at Onward. Because (laughs) you can always tell there's so much more depth. And you can't quite reach it, but even while you're in there and being terrible, you can still have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. this I've got to say, so my game that I got to actually play a good amount of last week, I played with some of the guys over at GameHole and some Discord people, is Firewall Zero Hour. Shout out to all my PSVR fans out there. Firewall Zero Hour is probably the only realistic military sim shooter psvr has so that's why i feel like this mm-hmm. kind of ties into everything i hear you guys saying yeah onward absolutely uh, firewall you're in four person squads you're either defenders or attackers defenders have a laptop that they have to protect from being hacked and attackers are trying to break the firewall get in find it and hack it uh exactly the same things you're saying about here this is tactics you can get shot once in the head you can get dropped so you're using cover you're working together you're talking over the mic and the problem just like adam's saying you are either terrible less terrible or only kind of terrible at the game like (laughs) we had only five of us at the beginning so we had four of us that had only played a little bit or over time against one guy who was basically an every night player, level 50 pro. And he was killing all four of us almost every match, even by himself. Uh, Mm -hmm. This game, you got to play it with the aim control. You can play it with the dual shock, but the aim control is really the way to play it. You feel like you're holding these military rifles. You're, on your comms to each other going down the hallway you got two guys going one way two guys going the other and you're trying to use tactics and we all were just awful at it but it is definitely the closest thing psvr has to this i think and it's it was free back in february for psn members if you grabbed it and you haven't played it yet get on there but find some friends because if you end up against a lobby of pros you're gonna you're just you're not gonna have a good time that's when 
Rip was saying. It's like when you nail a tactic, oh, it's so fun. Well, when you're getting nailed by tactics constantly, you never win. It's not quite as fun. <laughs> so right. I, I got the good. that. Have have you guys ever seen? I know most everybody here is PC. Have you ever gotten to see any footage of it? Have you heard about the game? Yeah, at all? I, I, I dropped in on your stream, actually. Oh. That was <laughs> I, I, I saw a bit of it uh, in that way. I didn't get to stay very long, but after that, I checked out some trailers um, and, and gameplay footage. And yeah, it looks if I was on PSVR only, I think probably that'd be the game I'm playing all the time. I, I must ask, how's the community like? Is there a good player base? Did, did you get a sense so of that? So there, when at first I played a lot at launch and it was great because it was the shooter everyone was waiting for in PSVR. Right. And then now that in February it was free, there's been a good influx of people again. The only problem is they have the noobs in February, so you might be able to get on now. But if you wait another three or four months, it's going to be all pros playing again, basically. <laughs> uh, and you're just going to get wrecked. But every once in a while, they throw out a free weekend of it too on PSN and it gets more people in. It's a good game, but it's another one of these games. And I feel like at this point, it should just probably be free to play all the time because it needs that player base. You need to have those lobbies to keep it moving. And everyone's biggest complaint, we were playing in private squads, so we weren't dealing with this, is you'll just wait in the lobbies too long waiting for people because it needs eight people and they need to be randoms that aren't already playing with their friends and most of them are. So that's the hardest thing at this point, but it still has a very dedicated following. People love yep. it. Sweet. Dusty, what do you think of these? As someone who's a, a, a still in the the pavlov diehard section <laughs> do we well like just hearing about onward sort of like or hearing about um firewall firewall i'm sorry it doesn't have a name that's very memorable to me well, it's actually firewall zero hour it's kind of wordy but we just call yeah. it firewall gotcha that one um it think, seems pretty cool the firewall game i do again. follow mute again. oh hold on can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Sorry. Stop muting um, yourself. <laughs> I know. Sorry. There's like so much background noise. I don't want you to have to like edit it. Like, you know what I mean? Sorry, but okay. Um, but yeah, so the firewall game, it sounds pretty cool. It's, I don't think it's quite my style just because I do have more of that CSGO background. So I do like that more Pavlov, even onward is definitely more my style in that sense. You know what I mean? But, um, mm -hmm. but it does seem super competitive. I actually follow quite a few people who um, they have, they host these like tournaments and stuff. So I think it does have a really good fan base, but, um, now onward, that's one that I'm definitely looking forward to. That one's actually supposed to be coming to the quest also sometime this year. Yeah. But, Ooh. um, so I'm, I'm not going to wait though. I'll, I'm going to get that on steam soon just so I can go ahead and play it. But when it does yes. come out to the Oculus home store for the quest, um, I'm definitely going to check it out there too, though. Cause it'd be nice to have that, um, link free option but that would um be pretty sweet yeah get it on steam now get really good at it and then when it launches on quest yes. play the quest only version with all the noobs <laughs> and just destroy everyone exactly <laughs> just go. go in there and clean house typically these <laughs> games are cross-platform even once they're on the quest i think at least really? like that's how contractors is and um, that's been actually one of my biggest problem um, is finding more games that are cross-platform like Pavlov isn't, Arizona Sunshine isn't. So maybe uh -huh. it's just like the main games that I play. I mm -hmm. haven't really found a lot like that. Huh. I'm pretty certain Contractors is cross-platform. I, I want to say it is, but I could be wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, one last game before we go. I've been playing a bit of uh, Vox 
Machina, I think it's called. And it's Vox Machina is sort of the mech game to play on VR right now after having played it a little bit. It's pretty well polished. It's got a ton of content. And oh man, guys, if you are even slightly a mech kind of a guy, like, oh man, this game <laughs> lets you live out <laughs> that dream. It's so cool. You got huge mechs. You got this wonderful looking cockpit. It's like grungy as hell. And oh, it's it's so good. There was a little bit of like weird. One of the maps I loaded into had like a, a bit of like, I don't know if it was screen tearing, but like some of like the background was like turning all like black and stuff. But besides that, it runs super well. Um, I bought this on the Oculus store. I don't know if it's on Steam VR. But it's it seems to have a community. People play it. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of this game already. But yeah. Oh, wow. If, if you haven't heard of this game, check it out. I didn't play so many hours yet that I can like truly speak to like, how is it balanced? How is the multiplayer? I mostly just did like the training and then played with some bots. That was really the only thing I had time for so far. So I'll be I'll probably bring it up again in the next podcast. But first impressions, super solid controls do you actually like grab joysticks with your motion controls is it an xbox controller what are you excellent question so you can use your you so it's got like a cockpit right and you can interact with like you got the thing is it's like weird not intuitive but probably realistic for what a mech would be (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's you got um so you've got like a joystick on the right and it's just turning the mech so left right and that's it on your left side you've got a um a a throttle basically where you can put it in park you can turn up the the you can like press it forward like like i don't know like a lot of ship games have it where you can like kind of choose your speed bring it back your speed put in reverse and then you've got another joystick (laughs) oh man (laughs) which which is a like it's like your jets thing where you can like press it forward press it backward side to side as well as like go straight up in the air wow okay Which... but last i checked you only have two hands <laughs> so you are not wrong adam <laughs> what an excellent point to make i think you should bring it up with the people that made the game because <laughs> <laughs> oh it's yeah. <laughs> so are the controls just testing. pretty hard to get down then? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not intuitive. The, the idea that I like a game where so long as I'm holding the joystick, I'm going forward. And once I return the joystick to the center position, it's it's you're done. You know, you, you're stopped moving. No, no, no. This game's like, you know, if you put it, you're you're constantly fiddling with the with the uh, the uh, throttle because you're like you're in acceleration you'll forget you're in acceleration or something oh, <laughs> or you put in you'll put it in what you thought was park but turns out you reverse so you like have to like stop boosting or whatever you'd switch to uh, yeah you're you're constantly juggling and i'm sure you get better at it and faster at it with time but first impressions it's rough it's it's really rough and then I learned, but then I noticed as I was toggling through the menus, I saw that like forward was A and backwards was B, but I noticed that the buttons were green and red. I was like, hmm, those sure look like Xbox buttons. So I plugged in my Xbox controller and what do you know? The Xbox controller works for it. 
So then I went oh, through all nice. the tutorial again, played another bot session with the Xbox controller. I was like, okay, well, how's this? <laughs> and it wasn't any more intuitive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> First off, it's like turn left or right. So in any in 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 any game where you turn left or right, especially your vision. It's the right thumbstick. No, not in not in Vox Machina, where you're oh, turning no. with the left stick. Oh. <laughs> Which, so you're turning, so left and right on the left joystick is turning the mech. Pressing forward on the joystick is turning up the accelerator. And pressing back <laughs> on the joystick is bringing it back to park, or just bringing back at speed, then to park, then to first. Oh. That's exactly what I did when you were talking about your joystick. I touched mine too. <laughs> Moved. Whoopsie. Come on. There we go. Oh no, that didn't work. All right, we're back. talking about joysticks too much. I know. So, <laughs> so it, it means that like it doesn't play like any other like game where you're like, it's not like press forward put it back to center and you forget about it. It's press forward and you got to, when you want to stop, you got to remember <laughs> to press backwards because it's still in, it's still in forwards. <laughs> this sounds and, painful. Yeah. Oh, and then the, uh, I, I don't even remember what the right joystick did. <laughs> and, but then boost, which is your other like axis of motion is attached to your d-pad which is the, <laughs> the same darn thumb <laughs> so you can't boost and like turn your mech or anything at the same time i ended up doing this like weird holding position where i had i'd like moved my hand left hand so that my my uh pointer finger was on the joystick and my thumb was on the d-pad <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which actually kind of worked once i got used to it but oh man guys the the joy the controls are rough the controls are rough. Oh, yeah that's oh, that sounds bad <laughs> if you had friends would this be worth it to get in oh, with yeah, your friends so, and laugh at the controls oh, yeah. together okay oh it would be so fun it would go it's, yeah, it's team tag yeah and it, it's it's got some pretty cool mechs got some cool abilities it's well made you got a whole bunch of game modes it, you can fill the lobby with bots if you've got um if you don't have a full lobby which means this game, if it ever dies in terms of community, it's always got bots, which is really good to see. The bots are kind of dumb, but and I didn't and I didn't see a difficulty slider, which was unfortunate. But still, it's fun. You at the very least get to live out a brief dream of like driving out a mech. And as as janky as those controllers are, it does kind of add to that immersion of like you're trying to pilot this huge machine. <laughs> And it looks like a janky machine and it drives like a janky machine and on some level you're loving it and on the other level you're like why is it this frustrating <laughs> it's games like that are always a mixed bag where it feels like you're not just fighting the enemies but you're fighting the game <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i felt that a little bit with war dust a couple weeks ago yeah and yeah it sounds like this is sort of similar absolutely yeah i'd say it's only a touch more intuitive than driving the helicopters in war <laughs> oh, dust. Oh no. All right. With that, it's time to move on to the discussion section. 
This discussion section is brought to you by nobody. We still have no sponsors. But if you'd like to be a sponsor for the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, please reach out to Rip. Not Rip. <laughs> reach out to me. My name is Rip. <laughs> Rip McAfee at FullDivePodcast.com. Again, check the show notes for all of that yummy information. All right. For this discussion section, we're going to be talking about VR gaming literacy which is kind of like a it's 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 an interesting topic adam i'm gonna go ahead and put it uh the pressure on you to it, mostly because you brought it up for us <laughs> sure this is an idea that i've been having and came up recently when i've been trying to teach uh i tried to teach some of my siblings how to play onward and mm-hmm. uh it did not go well um <laughs> But there's this idea of VR game of of game literacy where games build on each other after, over time, and so the very first game that used the twin stick shooting or a platformer had to teach you everything about twin stick shooting or platforming, and then other games kind of built on that. You already knew how to do a twin stick shooter, so it's okay to maybe not teach you how to move around and aim. People kind of got the feel of it. And I felt the same thing for Onward. I've played a lot of Pavlov. I've played a lot of other VR shooters. And so when I picked up Onward, it, it felt pretty seamless. I tried to throw my sibling into Onward, who only has very limited experience in VR, and he couldn't do anything. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Did, did you take and him so through Onward, the, the training yeah. thing? What was that? Did you take him through the training segment? He did, and he just had a really hard time with it. There's a lot of intuitive things in VR shooters that VR shooters in particular in the VR genre have been around probably the longest and I think have suffered from this additive build on each other the longest. And it's one of those things where Onward is not a game for beginners, I feel. And you maybe have to have some other experiences in VR to build up your VR game literacy and and your skill set enough to the point where you can play something like Onward. Mm. Um, I'm curious to see if you guys have similar experiences with that or what would the best games, best VR games for beginners would be. That's this, this whole concept is huge in all of gaming, but it's terrible in VR, not only because it's a whole new platform. Developers are still trying to figure out the controls. They're still trying to figure out, okay, how do we redo inventory management now? So, and not only that, but then you got the PlayStation VR that has no joysticks. You got the original Vive controller that has no joysticks. And then you've got Rift controllers and Valve controllers that actually have joysticks. So now you've got them confused as to what's the way I move. And it is just terrible. One game, even a really simple game that should be really user friendly. We talked about a bit box VR. So I finally went back and played it to see what it was all about. Because when I let Nat play it, she was struggling to get through the menus. And you guys who have played a lot of VR had no problem finding their way th- your way through. I got in and I saw what she meant. I was used to playing VR, so it was kind of easier to navigate, but it was still, it wasn't very clear because like they have this big grid menu in front of you, basically see 16 blocks in front of you, but like the top three blocks are workouts on the right. And then the left block is only saying what those workouts are. It's not very clearly Mm. marked off. These aren't well color coded. And yet it's like they were thinking, oh, well, people have played, probably already played a lot of Beat Saber and stuff. They'll kind of be able to navigate these menus better. Well, if you put someone who's never played VR in a box VR, it's not going to be good for them. And I, I know that because I was considering buying it for my dad because he's been playing a lot of Beat Saber on his quest. He's never gamed in his life. And I was like, oh, maybe box VR would be a good exercise for him because he wants more exercise. I was like, I'm going to go play it and see if I think, I think there's no way he'd be able to find his way around 
inbox VR at first. I think he needs to play <laughs> really? several other VR games first because they're expecting you to know how to navigate a VR menu. They're expecting you to know what this grid means and what it looks like. And it's just not the case for someone that's new to VR. Mm -hmm. So Destiny, you hopped straight into Pavlov, which is not all that like friendlier than <laughs> onward no. in terms of like controls and everything. How was that? Oh, it was rough. Um, Cause yeah, like as far as beginners go, like I said, I, I didn't have my headset very long before I first got into Pavlov. So I definitely should have gotten a little bit more used to controls and how they were working. But especially for Pavlov, I do not know how I missed it. Maybe it's because I went straight to the online feature. Um, but like there is a tutorial and, uh, but like said, somehow completely skipped that, just literally <laughs> jumped right in and in the middle oh, of the no. map and, uh, it was rough. And luckily there was a very nice guy who walked by and was about to shoot me, but I was like, no, just, I don't want to do Help me please. So it's like, okay. And so this poor guy. Oh, I felt so bad for him. And then he's even talking on his walkie-talkie to, like, the other teammates. He's like, I'm trying to help this person. And I swear, it felt <laughs> like a good five minutes. We're just sitting there, like, basically doing the tutorial in the map. And even then, like, having somebody walk me through the controls. Because I think um, once you've played it, and, like, what you're saying, once you're used to it, you kind of, like, it's just it's already there. Like you don't have to think about it. Like, Oh, I'm pushing B for this or a for that. So I noticed even they had to be like, wait, let me see what I'm pushing to do that. And so, yeah, it can get a little bit complicated. Um, there's definitely, I think like stepping stones involved. Mm -hmm. And as far as the dif different, uh, games and levels, but FPS games, they're a little bit tricky. Yeah. And yeah, I could see why, especially even, even kind of relatable. Got. But, well, for sorry. people who haven't played VR, when they're trying to explain it to you, you look down in VR, you see your virtual hands. You don't see a controller like if you're playing an Xbox. So if someone tells me, press X, I look down and I see two hands. I literally have to <laughs> right. pull my headset away from my face to even figure out what button X is. So it's yes. not nearly as easy to explain to someone who's playing on a console or something. Exactly. Or when you say trigger, like, you know, at least on the Quest one, this trigger could be four different buttons, you know, for <laughs> Both hands. Mm -hmm. hmm. So oh, it's no, my oh. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I think this is something that's built into the gaming world for a long time. And it's something developers have forgotten to consider. Because I think even us on this podcast, we've run into a lot of this. Like when I went into that MMO with you guys, and I'd never really played MMOs, I had no idea what was going on. Or like mm -hmm. there were all these classes and I didn't even really know. I was like, okay, I've heard of this kind of gaming. I know cl what classes kind of mean. But for someone who had never played MMO, they would have had no idea what they were doing. And even in War Dust, oh, yeah. you guys kind of instinctively knew aim your gun at the ground and you're going to run. I can't, I couldn't figure out why I would sometimes run and sometimes not. Well, I had to <laughs> See, aim my gun that was new for like, me. There's so much yeah. of this that developers and gamers all get so used to doing it that that we aren't considering how we're kind of alienating people who are brand new to the medium that are going to struggle their way through figuring out where they're just going to give up and not try that's why beat saber we keep praising it we keep talking about it. it's like the ultimate vr game because you can literally hand it to anyone and they can figure it out almost instantly oh, yeah. is there any other vr game like that that we know of oculus first contact no <laughs> show it to everyone it's there google to teach earth. you google earth right. vr yeah. is pretty good google earth. yeah and that's why it's often good to have in your sort of VR repertoire 
when you're showing new people VR, don't like hop them into your favorite game off the bat. They're probably going to struggle. <laughs> you know, have some easier games that you're totally bored with by now. But you know, for new people to VR, the VR part itself, don't worry, they'll be excited. It'll be crazy for them. <laughs> but they're not gonna know the controls like when when i it's why i like pe introducing people to like oculus first contact because it the only buttons you need to worry about are grip and maybe controller or maybe trigger but i just tell i just tell them like interact with the world like you would in real life if you want to grab something just grab the controller and they kind of figure it out from there but uh, I, yeah for like games like onward or pavlov or um, I mean, the war dust is so janky. It's like expecting like detailed tutorial from them might be a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've like, if you've got the budget to put a tutorial in, maybe consider having some hints. If you've ever played games like Call of Duty or Battlefield, they have a lot of like smart hints. So, for example, if someone empties their gun and they're they they need to reload and they don't reload for like five seconds or so you'll get a little thing that says x to reload which is super useful if you're like new to vr and you're like fumbling with the buttons like how in the world do i reload again they showed me like 20 minutes ago and i don't remember <laughs> then you know little press in this controller it's uh a press a to drop the magazine and like you know it may don't show the hint every time because then people who our vr literate will be like this is annoying as heck but yeah it's uh, hints tutorials developers you gotta include these things not everyone pl like has played every vr game under the sun they haven't played your vr game as many times as you have you gotta include this stuff people don't always know it and maybe if they look directly at their hands like make the controllers kind of show up in a faded image to where they can see the buttons yes. and sticks that's a huge yeah. help in games yeah yes, and that yeah, is actually why i think google earth does it the best because your controllers your actual controllers show up on screen with button like with yeah. little arrows that say what each of the buttons do and that is incredible mm -hmm. yeah i will say it took us forever to figure out how to correctly do street view in google earth vr because oh. <laughs> i didn't really show you that all that well especially in terms of like that there was no real like they didn't tell you how their street view functioned where you'd think it would be like sort of where you're pointing or something, but no, you have to be directly over where you want to do the street view, which is kind of hard to get a sense of when you're like flying like so many hundreds of feet in the air. <laughs> but yeah, tutorials, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that, we're now at roughly an hour and 10 minutes, according to my little timer here probably a little bit shorter because we we took a little bit to get started but with that we're going to end this podcast oh my hands thank you <laughs> we're gonna end this podcast thank you so much for listening uh if you uh i guess everyone's too late now we had a giveaway last week sorry for those that are just now coming across the podcast we don't intend to have another giveaway particularly soon it's it's not a regular reward we intend to hand out but you know maybe you have that like at a certain milestone for the YouTube channel or something, we'll have another giveaway. But in the meantime, you can join the Discord channel. We got all sorts of awesome stuff happening there all the time. You can join the Q&A sessions. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, again, this is all being recorded 
in a VR game. We can see each other in real life. Go check out the YouTube channel and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's pretty cool. And I think that's it, guys. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. Bye. <laughs> see you, everyone.